My name's Tom Clendon, and I want to talk to you today about the way accounting standards are tested at SBR in an integrated way. So in this edition of the podcast, I'm going to be talking to you about fair values. Yeah, IFRS 13. I'm going to be talking to you about intangible assets. I say 38. I'm going to be talking to you about deferred tax. I say 12. And all in the context of group accounts consolidation, IFRS 3. So this is about consolidation. This is about the acquisition of a subsidiary. And this is about the determination of the fair value of the net assets of the subsidiary at the date of acquisition. And it's important that we do this exercise when we acquire a sub. I think for two reasons. You know, we've acquired a collection of assets and liabilities for a single sum. And we need to work out individually the numbers to introduce those assets and liabilities into the group accounts at basically the price that we would have paid if we'd bought them individually. And secondly, the second reason, and perhaps the more important reason for doing the fair value exercise is to ensure we get the right figure for goodwill. Because the goodwill, the premium arising on consolidation, is a balancing figure. It's the difference between, you know, the fair value uh, of the consideration that we've given plus the NCI, less the fair value of the net assets that we've acquired. So I keep using this word fair value. And I hope you'll be familiar with the concept underpinned by IFRS 13, that fair value is basically market value, an exit value. It's not entity specific. It's not what we think it's worth. It's what the market thinks it's worth. You know, it's the amount we would expect to receive if we were selling that asset in just an ordinary transaction, in an orderly transaction between market participants, in other words, to a stranger. So I suppose typically when we think about fair value adjustments, we think about an asset and we think about a positive valuation, a positive adjustment. So, you know, if the subsidiary has some PPE that has a carrying value of, say, 100, but if we arrive at their fair value at 150, then there's a fair value adjustment of 50. And I'd like to think how that positive fair value adjustment on an asset impacts on goodwill and impacts on deferred tax. So let's think about the impact on goodwill first of all. We've just increased the amount of net assets of the subsidiary. And as goodwill is a balancing figure, the difference between the aggregate of the consideration paid and the NCI less the net assets. If we've made the fair value of the net assets bigger, then there'll be less goodwill. But there is a deferred tax implication. Strictly speaking, there is a deferred tax implication to that fair value adjustment. Because we've made the carrying value of the asset bigger 
but there's no impact on the tax base. There's no current tax liability being assessed. So it's causing a temporary difference. And what we've done is we've made a fair value adjustment. In this context, it's a gain. So we've created a taxable temporary difference. And therefore, we're creating a deferred tax liability as a consolidation adjustment. So if tax rates were given at 20%, because we've made a fair value adjustment of 50, there would be an additional deferred tax liability of 10. Yeah, in the group accounts as a consolidation adjustment. In other words, the net effect on the net assets is they go up by 40, not the 50 on the net assets, because you're bringing in an extra 50 on the PPE and an extra 10 on the deferred tax liability. Wow. Yeah, I hope you've got that. I mean, a lot of these terms are familiar from an FR context, but in SBR, we mix things up. We integrate things. We don't have things tested in silos. We need to have a, a deeper understanding. And I'd like to take it on to the next level in terms of thinking about acquiring a subsidiary, looking at the fair value approach and how that could impact intangible assets, ISA 38, and how that could impact ISA 37 provisions as they've been recorded at the individual company stage. Now, let's first of all take intangibles. Here I am, an individual company, and I am prohibited from recognising my own brand. I am prohibited from recognising my own customer lists. These are not recognized as assets in the individual accounts of the subsidiary. But the group comes along and does a fair value exercise on the assets and liabilities. And both the brand and the customer lists, potentially, if they're identifiable, if they can have a reliable fair value measure, can be recognized as individual assets in the group accounts. So instead of being subsumed within the goodwill figure, they can be separated out. And of course, if we do that, we're making more assets and therefore ultimately we are reducing the amount of the balancing figure of goodwill, assuming goodwill is a, is a, is a positive number and therefore would have been an intangible asset. Now, that means we're creating new assets because of the fair value exercise, not just changing the measurement of existing assets and liabilities, but actually for consolidation purposes, bringing in a brand, bringing in a customer list, which simply wasn't in the individual company accounts. Now, when we apply the same principles for provisions, I say 37, we potentially are also bringing in new assets and new liabilities in this case. And so I'm going to highlight liabilities. So let's just recap. As an individual company, when I'm applying the criteria of ISA 37, 
it operates an all or nothing approach in respect of the recognition of liabilities, of making a provision. In other words, one of the recognition criteria for recognizing a provision is there has to be a probable outflow, more likely than not, greater than 50%. And if there is, you recognize the liability in full. And if there isn't, no liability is recognized. It's just contingent. It's just a disclosure. So an individual company could be being sued for potentially 100. But if there is only a 20% chance that there will be an outflow of 100, under ISA 37, the individual company doesn't recognise a liability at all. There is no liability in the books of the subsidiary. But on the acquisition, the parent company has got to make an fair value exercise, do a fair value judgment as to what the fair value of that contingent liability is. And a different approach is taken. And a different answer can come up. Maybe we could judge that the fair value is the expected value. So maybe we could judge that the fair value of that 20% chance of paying out 100 was a recognition of a liability in the group accounts of 20 as a fair value adjustment, a new liability is born. And therefore, if a new liability is born through the fair value adjustment, that will mean there is less net assets that we've acquired. And therefore, as a result, any goodwill figure as a balancing figure is going to be a greater number. That's it. I'm sticking to 10 minutes. If you're interested in uh, joining me uh, for SBR on one of my courses, please, please, you know how to get in touch with me through my website, www.tomclendon.co.uk, by WhatsApping me direct on 07725350793. This is what I do. I help students pass SBR. Thank you very much for listening.